Tigers got 152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Tournament predictions and conversation on all the storylines across the PGA Tour. This is On the Green, WFUV's exclusive golf podcast. Welcome back to another episode of On the Green, WFUV's one and only golf podcast. Michael Calamari here, joined by Andrew Galata in a very special episode. The schedule keeps on rolling on, and we got a lot of drama the PGA Tour and Live Golf, and we have to recap the U.S. Open. Before we get to all of that, Andrew, so happy to have you back on the podcast. Thanks so much for being on with me. No, definitely happy to be here. What a U.S. Open that was. I mean, the whole weekend I was just watching, you know, shot after shot. I mean, you just saw, look, best players in the world are going to play like the best players in the world, and that's what I think happened. But, I mean, so many great players were in contention on Sunday. Obviously, Matt Fitzpatrick just – I mean, I don't want to say like out of nowhere, but he was just steady the whole the whole weekend. He did a really uh, nice job there to kind of get in contention uh, going into Sunday. I believe he was in the final grouping and then was able to obviously bring that home. But between him and Zalatoris with another second place finish, mm-hmm. Scotty Scheffler was there as well. Colin Morikawa top five, Rory top five. I mean, it was just an amazing weekend of golf. I mean, I, you know, wish I was able to get my picks in for last week. I actually had Rory winning it, obviously finishes top five. I, I, didn't you and Sam both have Zalatoris? Yeah, so we both had Zalatoris who finishes in second. And when I looked at the Excel, there's this red over Zalatoris because the pick did not hit like we thought it would. But, I mean, if you're going to miss, that's as much as you want to miss on the <laughs> Yeah, exactly, on the final the final green, the 72nd green. And I, I thought that putt was going in there. Yeah, I mean, I, when I was watching it, I was – I was in the midst of a, like a family barbecue for Father's Day. I'm able to sneak into the living room to watch, you know, the final two holes. And Fitzpatrick's putt just misses. I'm like, Zalatoris got a perfect read. There's no way he's missing this. We're going to have a playoff. Yeah. But it, it lifts just out. And I think that just encapsulates how crazy of a weekend it was. You look at this top five. Fitzpatrick wins with a six under total two under five, uh, round uh, of four to end it. Zalatoris second, one stroke below Fitzpatrick, tied with Scotty Scheffler at five under. Then Matsuyama in fourth at three under. He comes roaring back yeah. after a tough, tough three days to start. He shoots a five under on the fourth round of the tournament to finish at three under. So that's your top four. And then tied for fifth is Colin Morikow and Roy McIlroy. That is a stacked top five, Andrew. And that just shows you how good of a U.S. Open we got. Yeah, it was it, it was awesome. Best players in the world were going at it. And I was rooting for Rory on Sunday, and he just couldn't make the putts this weekend. And, I mean, I, I, bet, I bet we'll get into it, but Rory just on majors, he just can't make 
those big putts when, you know, just this whole season. He's played so well this year, just can't finish the deal. I did like to see more cow though, back in the top five, because he hasn't been playing that well. So for him to shoot a 66 on Sunday, I think really will help his game. But uh, yeah, it, it was awesome. I mean, Zalatoris, I just can't get over his putting stroke. It's so odd. Like, I was like, I don't know how this guy makes putts. And I mean, he almost drained the big one, but that that's kind of his struggle all year. But I mean, he was getting them so, so close. It didn't even matter about putting he was so good with the irons and the approach shots this weekend too it was just a, a great weekend of golf yeah a great weekend of golf like you said Zal Torres was great but before we get to him which I do want to do I want to start with Fitzpatrick yeah. who was the storyline it seemed like he hit every big shot at the end and he deserved that win as good as Zal Torres was this weekend I think Zal Torres deserved it as much maybe as Fitzpatrick but Fitzpatrick was the guy and he did it when it mattered most I think that just shows you that you know, on these tougher courses, someone that maybe hasn't done a great job, I mean, done a great job in their career and getting wins, but has been playing good enough golf, they can always have a burst out at the right time. And that's what we saw from Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, I mean, it's not a homecoming, obviously, obviously he's from England, but he won that the U.S. Amateur here at the country club. So he obviously has had success there and he looked very comfortable the whole week. And like, I, I think down the stretch, is like, you were like, oh, like, I, I didn't think he had it in him to win the major. I was just not thinking he was going to win. I thought the 18th uh, f- from the tee where he pushed it into the bunker uh, off the tee, I thought that was like, ah, oh, then he's going to end up tying with Zal Torres and Zal Torres will overtake him. And I think there was another, I want to say it was 15 or 16, where he hooked another drive into, um, you know, the gallery area. You just got a really good lie and a good spot at the hole. And he was able to hit the green and I, I think he parred the hole. So he's able to escape there. So he made some clutch, clutch shots when it mattered. And he's a guy that top 20 golfer, but I don't think anyone expected him to win this tournament, but he comes up in here and shocks a lot of people. And you just saw he had big shot after big shot. And it's his first American win on, on American soil, which I thought was pretty interesting too, to have it on such a big of a stage, like, like the country club in the U S open. Yeah. And I think his familiarity, like you're saying, winning the amateur there, Uh, tells a lot about how he's able to carry that over into this year's U.S. Open. But it's hard not to talk about Will Zalatoris, who again finds himself runner-up at a major. That's the third time in his career, the second time this season. If you remember back at the PGA Championship, he was the front (laughs) runaway leader after the first two days shooting a 66 and a 65, but then shot a 73 and 71, eventually losing that to Justin Thomas. This time at the Country Club at the U.S. Open, He shoots 70 or below every single round. So he was insanely consistent all the way through. He was one under after the first two days. Then he shoots that 67 on Saturday and a 69 on Sunday. So he really did play some great golf. Just wasn't able to make it happen when it mattered most. And that's just really what his whole season's been so far. A sixth (laughs) at the Masters, a fifth at the Dell Technologies match play, a second at the Farms Insurance Open, sixth at the American Express eight top 10 finishes. I mean, he's been doing such a great job, but hasn't had a win this season and hasn't had a win in his career yet. I mean, it's undoubtedly the best golf he's played his whole career. And this guy just can't get to the top of the leaderboard. It's it's tough for him because he's playing such good golf. I mean, all weekend he played great golf. And like just, just like the PGA Championship, he was the front runner going into that, ended up, uh, you know, finishing second in that too. It's it's like if you played that well, especially because they happen in back-to-back majors, you played that well for two straight majors and you don't come away with the win, it's head-scratching. And for him, like, I wonder what he's going through. He's like, man, I had a chance to not one major, two majors, and he just can't you know, finish and close the door. 
I mean, we'll see what he does at the Open, obviously going into next year's majors as well. But he's a guy that's just, look, he's hottest golf of his career, just can't finish the deal. But, I mean, he's playing so, so good. And he's fun to watch, too, really fun to watch uh, for him, those approach shots. He's getting so close. It's like you couldn't throw it there any better. I mean, he's just pinpoint, and he's playing awesome. It's just like missing a putt here, missing a putt there, or just can't make the clutch, you know, putt when he needs to, and that's kind of been his downfall. But he's playing so good because you can't even fault his game. I mean, you, you really can. He played a great weekend, as you said. Only, you know, he had only one round of, you know, in the 70s. And you expect that at this tough of, tough of a course and this rigorous course. You expect to win a golf tournament when you do that. But he just, you know, couldn't finish the deal. It's just definitely tough if your world's out towards. Yeah, it's tough. And I'm looking at his season thus far, his past Nine starts on the tour. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He has made the cut seven times. I mean, he has made the cut seven times. He's finished top 10 seven times, and he's got cut twice. So every time he's made the cut in his past nine starts, he's finished inside that top uh, 10, but just wasn't able to get the win, which he's still searching for. That's probably one of the biggest storylines is when will Will Zalatoris get his first win? I think he just needs to get over that hump, and then he can really be among the elite players. So. He's someone I'm really watching out for. And it's hard not to mention Scotty Scheffler when you're talking about the U.S. Open. You almost took him for granted because he started out the season so on a, so much on a hot streak, first six starts. I think he had four wins to start the season, but now he's winless in his past six starts. It's just tough to go like say anything against him because he had that big win at the Masters because he's been so dominant. But he, when everyone's not thinking about him, he finds his way back into the top three, back into major contention. He's just one of that elite players, top of the game that you're always going to be. Well, Scotty Scheffler, he might win this week. Scotty Scheffler is just, he's unreal. And I'm kind of surprised he didn't end up winning this tournament, just kind of the way it went out. It looked like he was going to get to uh, six under just because um, I think it was that those last few holes, I think it was after uh 14 or 15 he he was able to par one of them and there was a few birdie streaks I thought he was going to birdie 16 ends up birding 17 but you know, I'm surprised he kind of didn't turn it on like, like we know that Scotty Scheffler does especially in the Masters and those uh early tournaments as well but look he was minus five he was great he started out amazing I mean he was four under on the front nine then you know for him what kind of did him in was uh bogeying 10 and 11 and just wasn't able to come back but he's been in contention every tournament he probably will be in contention every tournament and you look at these stretches, if he was going to win this, you would then compare it to Tiger like stretches. Cause that's two majors and can't finish this one, but he, I bet he'll be in contention at the open. And you start looking at these stretches, what he's been able to do. And even like he hasn't won since the masters and everyone's like, Oh, what's happened to Scotty Shuffler? He has like three second place finishes. Like he's going to, he's going to win one. Eventually we know he can close it out. Just didn't happen this weekend, but no doubt Scotty Shuffler, he'll, he'll be just fine. I want to transition into this. I want to keep going with this top five theme where we look at, you know, each of the players that were able to finish in, um, in the top five. And I want to see what your opinion on this. We had two players that are probably a surprise to a lot of people that they are able to finish so highly. Hideki Matsuyama, who really came alive in that round four and Colin Morikawa, who was the biggest surprise to you or who was the person that, you know, really gives you a takeaway. Like this person might be able to win um, throughout this season. Some, someone we've seen a lot of success in the past, but I've struggled at times throughout this year. 
Um, Matsuyama, I think, is such an interesting guy because I think people, I mean, obviously people were writing him, out, were writing him off in this tournament, and then he hit like three insane putts. I think two of them were like 30 footers. He was just the bombing putt, putts. The putter's never been his calling card. You always think irons <laughs> with Matsuyama. Exactly. So I think that show, and I, I think you could say the same thing about Morikawa because True. those are two guys when they have the putting going, they're so good with the iron that they can really win. I guess it's just predicting when that will happen. Exactly. And Morikawa, you know, you take out the 77 and that clunker in round three, and he probably wins this tournament. But 77, I think, is the worst ever round in his major career. So, I mean, just an inopportune time to have that. I mean, he, he played great. Like another guy, I mean, 266, especially at the country club, you expect to win. But you obviously cannot shoot a 77 and hope to win a golf tournament. But he's a guy that... If that putting, and it's been bad all season, but if, if that putting, you know, whips into shape at the right time for the right tournament, he already won it at, you know, the, the Open last year. I wouldn't be surprised if he does it again. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that with Morikawa. I just think the thing with him is stringing together four yeah. great days of putting. Because we've seen it's it tough. on two days. We've seen it on three days. And that's why he gets cut at these tournaments, because if it's not there the first two days, then he's really going to struggle. <laughs> He had the second uh, best score in round four out of anyone on the course. Matsuyama had five under, Morikawa had four under. Uh, and that thing just shows you how good he can be when it's on. But the Saturday collapse is just always going to be in your head because if he has four day- good days of golf, then he's easily the front runner, I think, to win any major, any tournament. But it's just always that one day that if it's not on, especially the putter, that can bring him down. I mean, it, if he shot a 73, which is not not outstanding at all, but if he shot a 73 in that uh, on that third round, which is like, you know, an average, you know, below average, probably for him, obviously for his standards round of golf, he's sitting tied for first. So, I mean, that's just, you just can't have those big blowups. He did it yet again, but I mean, he, he's a guy, I like watching him play another guy that I'm really rooting for, but again, you just cannot have 77s and expect to win. Yeah, it definitely can't happen. I do want to move on to the last guy I want to talk about, in regards to the U.S. Open, before we move on, and that's Roy McIlroy. After winning the Canadian Open, he was the runaway favorite heading into the U.S. Open to go back-to-back uh, championships on the uh, on the PGA Tour. Unfortunately, unable to get a second win in a row, he ends up losing, coming in fifth, one under on the uh, round four, two under on the tournament. Still played some great golf, unable to get the win in the end, but you know, is he someone that can continue to win on the tour consistently this season? I think that's the question. For me, it's an easy yes. I'm going to think it's the same yeah. for you. But I guess the next question is, how many can he win this season? I mean, it's interesting because since he, he missed the cut at the Valero uh, Texas Open, and that was back in March. And since then, the Masters second, Wells Fargo fifth, PGA eighth. Then at Memorial, he was tied for 18th, but still a top 20 finish. And then he wins the Canadian Open and is tied for fifth at the U.S. Open. That's an insane stretch. And when you're in the thick of it, so much times you're going to win. I mean, for him, I bet he wins another PGA Tour event. My thing is, can he win the Open? Can he win at St. Andrews? I, you know, it's going to be, I I think there's going to be a few guys I think that are going to be the sexy pick, quote unquote. I think he's definitely going to be one of them. And he's a guy that I think can excel there. It's just going to be interesting. Can he keep that hot stretch? Because, you know, now it's it's getting to now a few months. He's playing the best golf in a very long time if you're Rory McIlroy. Uh, and I don't know if he can win that major. I think he's going to win another tour event. I'm just, you know, I'm kind of toying if it's going to be, you know, the British Open or maybe it's next year's, you know, at whatever major for, for 2023 now, I guess, season. Well, it's definitely going to be interesting to see as we carry on with the season. you got the Travelers, 
next week. And then the opens where the eyes turn after that, but we will get to the picks for the travelers soon, but it's just hard not to talk about live golf on this <laughs> podcast. Andrew, I feel like it's just going to turn into a weekly thing. I don't think we're necessarily going to be talking about the golf that's played, but instead we're just going to be talking about the drama that's circulating this, the latest drama to hit the golf world, Brooks Kepka leaving the PGA tour to join live golf, live golf. They announced their captains for the upcoming tournament in Portland. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, he will be donning the Crushers GC, which is insane to even say that. Brooks Kepka is smash GC. Those are the two captains that will be new to the fold. I also believe that Patrick Reed will be playing that tournament, but he is not yep. named a captain. I mean, it, it's just insane that we're living in this time in golf and the PGA Tour, they were able to respond. They met earlier this week and they were able to come up with a new system that will allow higher purses for players. This will happen over an eight, um, eight events throughout the end of the season. Uh, they also reduced the FedEx Cup playoffs from 125 players to 70 players to allow for higher pool of money. And three international events will be introduced in the fall for the top 50 in the prior season FedEx Cup standings. So they're coming up with all these different ways that will kick off at the start of 2024 to counter this Live Golf Tour. <laughs> I, I just do a lot of information out there to you, Andrew. We'll start with Brooks Kepka before we get to the PGA Tour's response. Just what do you make of the field at Live Golf, the captains now, and the fact that the PGA Tour at least had to respond to all these top players leaving? I mean, look, Brooks Kepka, I'm surprised he didn't go for the first event. Uh, he's a guy that's perfect. Same with like Bryson, those guys that really only play the majors. They don't like to play a lot either. I mean, I think Brooks Kepka like said, like he doesn't like love the grind of golf. I mean, and he's he like, I hate that, playing. He said that <laughs> numerous times in the past where he just only cares about majors. He's a guy who shows up for majors and asked him flat out at the U S scope and pre pre press conference. And they said, does the live golf appeal to you? You've talked about, you know, playing majors. This will be eight events, give you more time off in between. And he would refuse to give a straightaway response. And he basically said when, if he would leave the PGA tour, no other tours have come calling. So I think it was kind of written that um, he would eventually do this. I just think to see it happen and not to think about, I, this is one thing before I kind of back off to you. I think about last season where we had this huge feud between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka, maybe the new face of golf, having this type of drama, this rivalry. Both those players are on Live Golf Tour now. They will no longer be on the PGA Tour representing the PGA Tour. And I think that's just how different of a world the golf is now versus this year versus last year. And it's really crazy. It's insane. But another thing you have to throw in there is that Brooks Kepka or Bryson DeChambeau have not remotely came close to competing in yep. any major or PGA tour event. I mean, Brooks Kepka this weekend, plus 12, nowhere, ne nowhere near to be found. I, I picked him in the other majors. There was nowhere, no way near I was picking. I'm never going to pick him again, to be honest. He's until never he been the same since recovering from that back injury last season. Yeah. It was like, and, and I don't know when he's going to get back to that form. Same with Bryson, you know, DeChambeau. I, I just think that these guys, you look at the live golf kind of formula. That's what I'm going to call it. It's either you're really old and, you know, you just want to play majors and you just kind of want to have a much lesser schedule. And that's kind of, you seen like all the, the Phil Mickelson's or the Charles Schwartzels or whoever you want to put in there, or it's these young guys that really only show up for majors anyways, because they're injured, the DeChambeau's, the Kepka's. And then you have even guys like, you know, Dustin Johnson doesn't really seem to care about his legacy about golf, just does it for, 
you know, the money and just because he obviously wants to support his family. That's just, and he doesn't really care what the media thinks or what anyone else thinks. And those kind of seem like the groups of live golf and it's big names, but the best finisher this weekend, I believe was DJ probably, I I think of the live golf guys. Yeah. Besides him, no one was even close to contending. I think he was the only close to top 20. He was only tied for 24. So they had no top 20 finishers in the, you know, the live golf. So you know, we'll see what happens, but a lot of these guys are just big names, yes, and they're splash names, but are they the top golfers competing right now? That's no. So, I mean, we'll kind of see what happens, but I think it was DeChambeau. He made $140 million, which is insane for him to go to join Liv. So, I'm assuming Brooks Kepka will get around there, too. So, not surprised that they, they took that invitation. And I think when I, when I really think about the field, Dustin Johnson's the only player that I feel like could go on the PGA Tour and win right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that just shows you that the guys who are in the running to win tournaments aren't leaving the PGA Tour. I've never felt confident in picking DeChambeau, Kepka. Mickelson hasn't even been around enough. Utsign, Ramos, I mean, um, Garcia, not Ram, I'm thinking about Sergio Ramos. Sergio <laughs> Garcia. All these guys were never guys that I would have picked to win a tournament or even picked as a sleeper. There's no one that really appeals me on the field that could win consistently on the PGA Tour. When I look, when I compare it like that, it's really just names at that point. It's the name of Patrick Reed. It's the name of Bryson DeChambeau, of uh, Phil Mickelson, of not a Dustin Johnson because we've seen him be effective, but of Brooks Kepka, all those guys, that's what they're really getting. They're searching for the name and just to add a legitimacy to what this is because outside of that, outside that surface level, there's not as much good golf being played that live tour than we're, we're, what we're going to see on the PGA tour. Exactly. And I know there are rumors that Colin Morikawa may leave or Xander Shoffley may leave. And if those guys left, I'd be like, okay, you know, th- those guys are in their prime, really playing good golf. And you, you kind of group of, you know, a few guys in there, but those guys ended up staying. So I, I think that's a win for the PGA tour. And we can get into uh, you know, the kind of the reformatting and all that stuff. I wonder how that affects what the players think. I mean, we haven't really heard what they've said about it, I, I think, yet. Uh, but it's definitely, you know, a, a major revamp. I think they needed to. Uh, but it's something that until Liv gets big names that are contending for majors and big tournaments, I'm, you know, it's like I'm not going to turn it on instead of watching, you know, the the PGA Tour or whatever other season. Because I think Liv Golf, it goes into like October. You're not turning on the live tour instead of like football or baseball in the postseason with, with these guys, like that's just not, it's not happening. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I, it's just going to be fun for us at least to see how this drama plays out. I do want to now get to what I talked about earlier um, about how the PGA tour has been able to respond to this. And I mentioned how they're lowering the FedEx cup playoffs to 125 players to 70 to make the purses higher. They're going to raise them significantly for eight events in particular, up to 20 to 25 million. They'll also have three international events. All this being done to counter live golf, making more appealing to the player because what's happening now, Andrew, is the networks are putting pressure on the PGA tour. Who's going to lose the top players in the game potentially. And the product might get worse. I think that's really what the responses are coming out of the PGA tour. And it's kind of funny for me, the PGA tour suddenly finding the budget, to now have eight events with higher purses. We all knew they had that before. This money was not found out of nowhere. It wasn't like they went on a treasure hunt and found this pot of gold. That wasn't the case here. The Live Golf, the Live Golf pushed them to have these higher purses now. 
And it's just how this works, how this business works, but it's crazy to see how they're able to adjust on the fly so much. I mean, it, it, to me, it's, it's comical. I mean, I texted in the, the on, on the cream crew chat, we were texting about like all of a sudden the PGA tour can just pay $25 million purses. When you see the highest one, what, what was the players this year? Was it double digit million? I think, I think it was 14. Okay. Yeah. I'll so look it up as you go, yeah, that was, you know, the biggest one by far. And now all, all of a sudden they're, you know, almost doubling the, to the 14 mark to get to, you know, the 2025. I just find that really funny. I, I guess there's some real reallocating of funds. That's probably what they'll say. Uh, I'm kind of trying to find the eight tournaments. Did, did they have they announced the the tournaments that will be like those big ones yet, or they haven't said it yet, or they just so said I'm, like, I'm not sure. By the way, the players was the highest person was 20 million. So I guess the idea okay. is that more like that. Um, okay. I, I'd have to look it up because I know it's not starting until 2024. So it's not a change that's really going to be immediate. I don't even think it's a next season change. Okay, because I think they were trying to say. Like what I heard is that they're like high impact tournaments. So I'm assuming that was going to be like the Memorial or the Genesis or the players, stuff like that. So what where... I'm reading right now on CBS sports golf is that um, quote, the latest counter to live would be a uh, handful of stars and multi-time major winners to add big money, fall schedule. So it'd be okay. approximately 20 million that would be put up um, for the players to be able to win among the top 50 players from the previous season. So that's what I mentioned, that they're going to have these tournaments for the top 50 players in the previous season to earn a larger amount of money. So I guess the idea would be to be able to keep the big player because this is a, a good way for them to win money. But I don't know, I'm reading this and I'm hearing 20 million. I'm hearing all these numbers and I'm thinking about the guaranteed money that Dustin Johnson was getting over there at the Live Golf. How much is this going to move the needle for a guy to maybe stay in the PGA Tour? Because in my opinion, if you're leaving the PGA Tour, five million's not the difference. Exactly. It's going to be fifty million. That's the difference. Yeah, th- that's the thing because I think it's I don't know how like the people because like you know like the the, the Scotties, the Rorys, the whoever you're talking, they're not never leaving. They could be playing for you know a million dollar purses and, and they'd probably be there just because they love the grind of golf. They love winning these story tournaments. And like even Scheffler said, he's like the money I have now in the PGA Tour. I never dreamt about having this much money. Uh, I mean, I, I got. I guess if you're making the money, he is because he's winning these tournaments week after week. I guess you know he could say that, but like he's not the guy Liv's trying to target. It's those those guys kind of on the fringe. Now maybe that'll change. Maybe guys, you know, we'll kind of see what Liv is after a few years, and maybe it changes. But I don't know, like who like who, who's moving the needle for this. I mean, I think it's good, though, to kind of have these types of tournaments where, like, the best think, 50 are playing. I think it's just to show that they've they've seen what's happening and they're willing to change. Yeah. I, I think mean, that's, that's what good. They're, they're being pushed to adjust. But this is what um, Jay Monahan said, PGA Tour Commissioner, quote, if this is an arms race and if the only weapons here are dollar bills, the PGA Tour can't compete with a foreign monarchy that is spending billions of dollars in attempt to buy the game of golf. And, I, I mean – it, he is right in saying you're not going to be you're not going to be able to compete with the Saudi government funded Live Golf League. The PGA Tour won't be able to match those price tags, but at the same at the same time, they still need to continue to put in that efforts to incentivize players to stay on the PGA Tour, and that's the fight they're going to have to keep on doing. The fight's not going to change because it's unfair. That's the thing. I I think I saw the the Saudis are for like this year they're like two billion dollars or it's like it's a r- ridiculous amount of money that that they're gonna throw around at these golfers and 
you're right. They're not going to win in an arms race, the PGA Tour against Liv. And I like you're just going off of, to me, the PGA Tour is that you have the history. You have these big, big tournaments that players want to play in. Like it's, it's Jack's tournament or it's Tiger's tournament. And those mean a lot to the players. Maybe they don't mean as much to like the general public who's just going to watch the majors. But I think, you know, to win a tournament that's Jack Nicholas's or Tiger Woods, I think that means a lot to the players themselves. And, you know, we're going to have to see, you know, how it all responds. To me, I'm interested to see how this this live tournament goes here. Now it's going to be in America and Portland because the last one, it just seemed like like 54 holes. It just seems fake, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it was was it Charles Schwartzel who ended up winning that? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, so he wins it. Can't remember, but and he was like a runaway, and like it wasn't like much. Like it was only fifty. It just seemed very abrupt. Like he won it, and it was like, oh, it's over already. So is it fifty-four? I I want to say it's still three days of golf. Yeah, the the live is yeah, same thing. So it's not changing from London. Exactly. Still going to be no cut. There's still going to be shotgun starts. I'm just interested to see if the field's a little more competitive because it really wasn't it. So, I guess the, my thing is when do you know when the Portland uh, Invitational is? It's not this week. It's the next. The following. So it's week. not this week. But I think that what the question turns into: Will there be a better? I don't think the golf's going to be better, but will there be more names on that tournament than whatever the PGA tournament that week? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think I'm not, I don't think the, it's going to be the John Deere Classic and then versus. Um, the Portland Invitational. <laughs> Are we gonna have a better field names wise, notoriety wise, than the tra- uh than the John Deere Classic? It's like, yeah, I mean, but they have big like the Live has big names, but these guys haven't played well in, in years on end. Like maybe like the the, the average golf fan may see you know something equal or like oh that's a big name. I remember Sergio playing with Tiger back in twenty two thousand eight. Or I remember when you know Kepka was winning majors and you know a few years ago before the injuries, where he's a different player. Maybe, but I mean, we'll see who play, ends up playing in the John Deere. It's, it's obviously not, you know, uh, uh, even like a legacy tournament. It's not Jack's tournament. It's not Tiger's tournament. It's just a random stop on the PGA Tour. It, it's going to be a good test, but I, I think it's not only like, oh, the field. I, I think what was big with the PGA Tour was that Canadian Open because the field was pretty thin in the Canadian Open, but the stars showed up. You had an amazing Sunday with Rory and um, JT and, and Finau where, you know, you didn't have some random person winning that tournament. It, it was a big name, big Sunday, even though the field was thin beyond maybe like 10, 15 players. I'm probably assuming that's going to be the case. And we'll see if they the PGA Tour gets a similar result as, you know, the Canadian Open. Well, I'm really excited to keep on watching this happen. As, you know, one thing this has given us is that in what On the Green was started to be was a major <laughs> podcast. It's now turned into a weekly podcast because, it seems like every week there's some new news. And I, I think it's Andrew, I think it's crazy. You know, we've been blessed with more drama in the golf world. Like what a year for us to start. Exactly. If we miss this by a year or if we are a year early, it's, it's totally different for us. Oh, it's crazy to hear these big names. Like I like, and I've kind of, you know, I've knocked Brooks kept a lot in this podcast, but it's still Brooks Kepka, a multi-major winner just leaving the PGA tour to go to this like a, a year ago, nobody knew what live golf was. It was just an idea in Greg Norman's mind. And now to have, I mean, a, a field that at least, you know, it, it may not be the best field. It's not to me better than the PGA tours, but it, it's a competitive field to, you know, a year ago, nobody knowing what this is besides, you know, one person. So in, in that, in that respect, it is, I mean, it's, it's impressive. There's nothing you can say about that. 
It's 100%. And uh, we will be back next week, hopefully, to talk about the Travelers Championship. Also talk more about this live golf drama, if anything um, happens from now. I bet it will. <laughs> I, I bet it will, too. And I, I do want to now move on to our picks, our sleepers, our fades for the Travelers Championship. Should just be another five or so minutes before we wrap up this episode. And uh, Andrew, I'll toss it to you first. Let's start with sleeper and let's see you have heading into this week. Sleeper for me is going to be HV3, Harold Varner, uh, 50 to one. I think he is. So a guy that missed the cut last week at the U.S. Open, but he's played well at these types of tournaments um, that the Travelers and uh, what the the course is in Connecticut. It's a Peter Dye course, which a very famous uh, architect of golf. He did the RBC Heritage one where, where that's played in Harbor Town. Uh, same with, I believe, the one in New Orleans as well. The players is a Peter Dye uh, course. So, you know, very popular style. And he's had a lot of success there. It was tied for six in the players, tied for three in RBC Heritage, tied for fourth in the Zurich Classic. So I, I think he's going to have success again and finish top 20. Yeah, so I'm going to go Aaron Wise as my, awesome. uh, as my sleeper. I think he's just been doing a good job. Um, since mid-April, I think he's had four top 25. So he's continuing to play really good uh, golf. So I think I like him this week to continue things uh, going. I want to now transition to fades. Andrew, who do you have as your fade? Mine's going to be Seamus Power. And he's kind of the other guy, the other Irish golfer, other than Shane Lowry, that sometimes pops up on the scene. He ended up finishing 12th last week, a really good finish, but he missed the cut at the Memorial. He was also top, top 10 in PGA championship. So he's playing good golf, but for him, it's like boomer bust. Since the since the Masters, where he had a top thirty finish, he went miscut, miscut, tied for seventeenth, top ten finish in PGA, miscut, top twelve finish at the U.S. Open. So an up and down player, but he's kind of a boomer bust guy. I think he misses the cut though this week uh, in in um, Connecticut. Yeah, so I'm gonna go Tony Finau as my fade. He's actually got pretty high odds. I think he's yeah twenty five hundreds um to win. Um, he opened his career at TPC River uh, Highlands, which is the, you know, obviously the course for the Travelers, uh, playing really good at golf, uh, three top 25s, but in his last three um, showings at the Travelers, he's missed the cut. So I think he continues that mark uh, this week. Now let's transition. Final pick. We're going to pick our winner of the Travelers Championship. Should be an interesting one because I think this week is slim enough with no Justin Thomas, who just opted out that there could be someone – who could really break through really an opportunity for one of the top guys to get another win on the tour. Andrew, who do you have? Interesting because I'm between two guys. I'm I like the one guy we know always going to contend that's Scotty Scheffler. And another guy who contended last week in his hometown in Boston was Keegan Bradley ended up top 10 finished the U S open. And he's a guy that played really well at these Peter Dye courses finished uh tie for fourth. And then the Zurich classic was, you know, right there in the players top five. He hasn't won anything this year, but he is playing really good golf. He's 35 to one. So he's like to win. It may not happen to win, but you know, instead of just going the, the pick and Scotty Scheffler, he'd be like, I think like if I, my safe pick would probably be Scotty, but you know, I, I agree with you. It's a pretty, you know, it's not like the most deep field. I think someone can come up and I think it's going to be Keegan, Keegan Bradley. Yeah. So I'm going to go with a interesting pick because I'm looking at the odds now and I didn't realize this when I made the pick, but I picked Aaron Wise as my sleeper. Yeah. And he's plus 4,000 to win. And my pick's going to be plus 4,500 uh, <laughs> to win. I, is, I don't know if this is, you know, ever happened on the green, but I'm going to do it. It's going to be Brian Harmon, who played great, I think, yeah. at the U.S. Open. 
He was in the top 10 um, after three days. Um, I think he moved out of the top 20 on that fourth day. He was my sleeper last week, um, but he's been playing great golf. Um, he has four top 10s in the last seven starts at TPC River Highlands. So he's been playing great. He's just around 50th in the world golf ranking. I could totally see this being his lone win on the PGA Tour this season where he just happens to pull it together. Sometimes you need a pick like that, and I think this might be the lowest uh, odds pick we've had on the green. So maybe it happens. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably is, to be honest. And to have your sleeper higher than uh, a higher odds. I, didn't re- I would assume because on the power rankings, and look at the power rankings, Wise is lower than Harmon. Okay. Um, but yeah, hey, we'll, we'll see. That means it's even a better of a better uh, better value. So hopefully, Wise or Harmon, I need one of those to do well, and then we'll have a good uh, a good week. But listen, I think that's going to do it for us on the green. We've had a great podcast. We've covered so much U.S. Open, <laughs> Live Golf, Drama, Travelers Championship. It keeps on moving here, and we're hope to be back next week to recap the Travelers Championship. Also, hopefully, we have some more news we can break down for you here on this episode. <laughs> So glad you tuned in. Have a great rest of the day. WFB Sports on the team.